I exist in this wasteland. We're gonna dress you up in a vest. We're gonna dress you up in a vest. We're gonna dress you up in a vest. You're funny. So are you. So are you. Being a flick, being an athlete, my fault. <laughs> Welcome in. Welcome to all of my listeners, all 10 or 15 of you. You know, I got to say, I have 10 or 15 frequent listeners. Like it's the same 10 or 15 every time. So that's awesome. That's awesome. There's at least 10 of you listening. That's super cool. I like that a lot. I got my room nice and set up today. Batfleck. I, uh, for those of you who have seen my setup in my office, I have uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman's cowl uh, on display. And right beside that, I have Ben Affleck's mech suit. Um, his helmet, which the eyes glow blue. I just, I love my stuff. I love it all. It's all very awesome. And I just like, they're collectibles that I'm going to keep forever. Austin, I got to tell you, <laughs> Austin was at a party at my place a few months ago and he, he had the Ben Affleck statue. I have multiple Ben Affleck things but like I have this like I don't know two foot I guess statue of him it's like a plastic statue I got on Etsy and Austin put him in like a lunge because I had it in the basement because it like stunk when I got it it was like this weird like oily smell from the machine shop or from wherever the hell they made it um but yeah it came in and it kind of like I put it in the office I put it in the spot that I wanted it and then my fiance, Randy, was like, hey, like, what's that smell in the office? Like, do you smell that? And I was like, no, I haven't smelled anything. But I went in there and yeah, sure enough, it's like this oily smell. So I had it in the basement on this ledge leading down into my basement. And I showed, I showed my friends, obviously, when they came over. I was super excited, super stoked to show off my, my stuff because I love it my memorabilia. Um, and Austin puts my beautiful Batfleck statue in this like full on, full on lunge, let's say, with the grappling gun. He's holding the grappling gun straight up in the air. And he stayed like that for three months. The disrespect that I put on Batfleck, leaving him in this cheerleader lunge pose with the grappling gun shooting straight up, I just, that's the only way I can look at Ben Affleck's Batman right now. So I put him in his rightful place. He doesn't stink anymore and he's standing straight up and he looks badass. So Ben Affleck, if this reaches you in this lifetime, I apologize for the lunge that Austin McNary put you in. And I left you there. I left you there all by your lonesome. Your legs can rest. 
I heard some crazy news this morning. I heard that Chris Hemsworth is going to play the villain in Mad Max. He's playing a young version of um, Me Martin Joe, <laughs> you know? Um, if you haven't seen Mad Max Fury Road, that's one of my favorite like car chase movies of all time. It's like from start to finish, it's just heart pounding awesome with like crazy visuals and they filmed it out in the desert. Highly recommend that one to anybody. And like when I heard that they're doing, so Furiosa is Charlize Theron's character in Mad Max. And when I heard that they were doing a, I think it's, I don't know if it's an origin story, but it's called like Furiosa. So I think it's super cool that Chris Hemsworth is going to play like the main villain in that because like, um, he's like taking on a bit of a villain role. He just came out with, uh, that movie's called Spiderhead on Netflix. Zane, if you're listening, head, you'll know what that means. Spiderhead. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't watched it yet, but he plays like some like American, um, like he's, he's obviously using an American accent and he's, he's just like a computer tech, like a nerdy sort of villain, but it looked from the trailers, like it really worked. Like he looks like he's really embracing the villain role. So that's cool. I'm looking forward to that. I like, should I watch Morbius? Like, is that a thing? Are people actually watching Morbius? Because a couple of things, like I'm confused about, <laughs> I'm confused about Sony in general right now. Like if, if Spider-Man is going to go up against the Sinister Six, right? That's what they're planning. They've got Craven the Hunter. They've got uh, Black Cat, like Madame Webb or whatever the hell it's called, right? They've got... Um, what's the one I'm talking about right now? Jeez. Rhino. I'm not even talking about Rhino, but Rhino's in there somehow. And... Morbius, that's who I'm talking about. Jeez, I I talked about on the last episode how I'm like losing my memory. (laughs) It's like, it's happening daily. Um, Okay, anyways. Yeah, Morbius. I've only seen a couple of scenes from the movie on TikTok or on YouTube. It does not look good. But then on Twitter, I'm seeing all the people that I follow talking about it and they're like, yeah, it's like, like there's some awesome scenes in Morbius. Like, but my thing is for Sony, why are we not just doing a Spider-Man versus Sinister Six movie? Like Tom Holland, like Tom Holland's obviously taking a bit of a break uh, from Spider-Man after No Way Home. But like, I just, you know, and there's rumors out there that like they, they could still maybe do Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Um in their own respective universes. I don't know what to believe right now with Sony. I really don't because I think that their main focus is these anti-heroes and like a third Venom movie. And, you know, like they make money at the box office. So they're just going to keep putting them out. They don't care about the content. They don't really care about um, it. Well, it certainly seems like they don't fully care about what the, the end game plan is. Um, they said that Craven the Hunter, their version of Craven, 
is going to be an animal lover. Craven the Hunter is going to be an animal lover. What is going on? Listen, I don't mean to be a negative Nancy, but God, just for once, let's do what the comics laid out for us. Let's give us the, like, just give us the badass fights that we're looking for. It's just like, it feels right now like the cinematic world is just beating around the bush for me. Like, they're like, all right, let's, Sprinkle in a little bit here, sprinkle in a little bit there. Like everyone's playing it very safe, which on the other hand is very fair. Like here we are after COVID, you know, it takes a little bit of convincing for people to go back to the movie theater even. I'm just saying we're beating around the bush a bit and like people are still going to the theater. I know that movies are flopping that shouldn't. Like you hear some of the box office tallies for these movies and it's like, like Lightyear, like Pixar's Lightyear, that thing underperformed like crazy. Like, and that was their, they were all in on that, you know, like I heard there were like two post-credit scenes and I heard that like it could be a trilogy and it's like, I think you guys are just focusing on the wrong areas. Like I'm sure Lightyear's great and I'm sure that you know, it'll do the character justice and it makes sense like to exploit these characters in this, like in a different way to a different crowd, you know, to a different generation, even like let's, it's just all recycled material. That's what film industry is. That's what I've learned is like they recycle material and recycle and recycle and recycle and reuse as much as possible. And then they also use new versions or new stories that we haven't heard before with the same characters. And sometimes it just, it falls very flat. It does. Jeez, I'm a negative, negative guy today, hey? I think I should move into more of a positive note. Like, what can I say about the idea that a Planet of the Apes trilogy is happening again as well. Like Matt Reeves is not going to be involved whatsoever, but like here we are with a scenario where <clears throat> a new director is going to take on the Planet of the Apes trilogy again. And apparently his script was unreal. Like I heard it did really, really well with the the people who were reading it, like with, I think, a, so a script, I wonder how that works, you know, like, so the writer, obviously, whether it be the director and the writer or just the writer, or if the writer is the director as well, he turns in the rough draft, he or she turns in the rough draft. And then imagine what that would be like to be a studio executive that gets to read scripts that would be like, that's a dream job for me. Like people ask me all the time in like game all the time, like once every six years, people ask me, what would you do for your dream job? Like, what's your dream job? Do you have like a, you know, like a utopian world where you live in this, you know, like a realistic job for your area too, you know, like Edmonton, Alberta, 
well, am I going to be a studio, a movie studio executive? No, you know, and I'm a homebody. That's the other thing. But that's my dream job would be reading scripts and like turning them back into a studio and, you know, telling them if you think that they're going to be any good or not. You'd have to have a form of imagination for that. Imagine reading scripts and trying to visualize what exactly the writer's trying to say. And imagine how many bad scripts you would read in, let's say, a month's time. (laughs) I'm just saying it would be fascinating. And maybe it would be exhausting like any other job. But like, I think that jobs in the movie industry aren't as glamorous as they look either. Like, I think a lot of times when, when I think of a script, I see the finished product. So I judge my script or like my perspective of the script on that final draft. I've been watching a lot of movies and a lot of shows with subtitles on. Like, I never not have subtitles on now. Have you ever done that? If you haven't, try it. Especially if you're like me and you just can't understand people like I have a like an actual problem deciphering what people are saying like it's like uh like a cognitive delay almost with me subtitles like if the real world could have subtitles there would be zero confusion for me like I would not be confused about anything anyone is saying ever because when I watch shows with like I would be confused about the context of what somebody's saying but you would never have to misinterpret something again. I want to invent, (laughs) I want to invent, I want someone to invent glasses or contacts that give you subtitles. Maybe they exist. Who knows? Who knows what exists anymore? You know, I'm too scared. Like I'm that guy who's just way too scared to Google things. I don't want to know, you know, like ignorance is bliss. And I get into some trouble sometimes with how ignorant I can be, (laughs) but it's like, it's, that's, that's just my honest self. Ignorance is bliss. And sometimes I just, you know, you lose track of things or you lose track of time because you're so ignorant to some things, but like, or like news, like I can't watch the news. My fiance and I, we try to make an effort to watch the news. We really do. We fall off the rails every time. Like we'll watch the news for, let's say a week. We'll say, okay, yeah, let's, let's watch the news. And it's like, it doesn't take long to watch the news or to open up Google and just see what's going on in the world. Cause that's important to do, but it's also like, is it though? You know, like I, I debate the other side, like, It's so privileged of me to say something like that, you know, but it's like, it's also how I feel. (laughs) Like, I just feel like I have a better week not knowing about the fire that occurred on 24th Street AXYZ. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah, in light doses, I watch the news. Wow, that was a, a major tangent. Like, let's go on a tangent into what I watch during the week besides the news. I am on a That 70s Show kick. 
Have you guys watched that 70s show? It's incredible. It's incredible. I never knew how similar a character could be to how I envisioned my father. Even though he was not like like that character in the sense that like Red Foreman, the dad, he says a lot of things that like my dad would never say, but it was just the same like sort of demeanor. So like to watch him and uh, like Red and his son, Eric Foreman, played by Topher Grace. Oh man, Topher Grace is like the perfect dipshit teenage kid, isn't he? And they give him the bowl cut. It's so good. I've never seen Topher Grace in anything that he's been good at. Not a knock on him. I just think he's he's always miscast. Like the dude played Eddie Brock, Venom, like the most badass villain that Spider-Man comes across, arguably. And they stick toe for grace and some frosted tips in a leather jacket. And he's, you know, he talks like this all the time. So he's like, so what's going on? What's up, Parker? Eh. And it's like, man, what the hell? But in this, in that 70s show, he's so, so good because he's just himself. Like he's like, eh, eh. <laughs> he's funny because he's, you know, just a dipshit and it works. Kitty, the wife and Eric's mom, man, is she funny. I've never seen a tandem, like a duo in a sitcom that have killed it more than Red and Kitty Foreman. Like... And, you know, the supporting cast with uh, Hyde and Fez, Fez, you know, he's, <laughs> I, I didn't find Fez funny at first, but he's grown on me as a character. And of course, my favorite, Ashton Kutcher as Kelso, uh, as Michael Kelso. And I really like Jackie too. Like Mila Kunis plays Jackie and she's like the dynamics between uh, Jackie and Michael are hilarious and I just think that Ashton Kutcher was made to play Kelso like just this dumb stupid like happy-go-lucky tall doofus <laughs> you know like nobody could have created a role for Ashton Kutcher after that that would have matched up to that Kelso character I think that that 70s show is probably up there with Friends for me as my favorite sitcom right now. Like, Friends is always going to take the top spot for me because of just the fact that, like, it was my show growing up. Like, my mom watched that, so then I ultimately watched it, and I grew to love the characters. And that's all what it's about, you know? Like, I have friends who love Seinfeld or Fraser or whatever, is it Frasier? It's probably Frasier. But anyways, you know, and there's the thing with Seinfeld is I don't give a shit because I never watched it growing up. And I just, you know, and the same thing with that 70s show, I could give it a chance, but it's, I don't know. Seinfeld's just, he, he's never really made me laugh. Jerry Seinfeld. I, I don't find him funny. I really like his show on Netflix, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. 
It makes me want coffee more than any other show. And his guests are actually super, super genuine and cool. Like, I love when he has Sarah Jessica Parker on and you hear about her story and just how far she's come even. Like, she didn't just land on Sex in the City and become this huge star, you know? She was like a comedian, a stand-up comedian. And it's like, these people are genuinely funny. <laughs> and the people that he brings on, he's got the best guests. Like, he's got Letterman on. He did Jimmy Fallon, Justin Timberlake. You know, just inst- interesting people who uh, drink cool coffee and Jerry picks them up in a badass car every time. And the conversation is good. It's natural. It's cool. I like that show a lot. I recommend that. It's on Netflix for anybody who wants to watch it. Okay. I don't really know. I don't really know where else I want to go today. It's just like one of those days. I got off work really early. So I'm home here with the girls, with the dogs. And it's going to be a nice quiet afternoon. You know, it was garbage day yesterday. So like I took out the garbages and everything already. Like house is clean. Like, (laughs) you know, you check off the things. If you check off the things throughout your week or you get them done early on or you keep up with them, that's my thing is like keep up with things because I'm bad. If I stop and something gets out of hand, let's say something gets too dirty, then I just, (laughs) I, I almost like avoid it. You know, ignorance is bliss and it gets to a place where it's like, okay, your house is a mess. Clean it up. Jeez. Um, you know what I haven't done? What I haven't done in a long time and that I should do this afternoon is crack open a damn comic. I come on this show all the time and I'm like, movie this, movie that. Eh, 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 eh. And it's like, I miss reading comics. I miss taking time for me and reading comics. <laughs> you know, quiet time without the TV on. That's awesome. And that's something that I've almost like cognitively not been able to do. It's like, okay, autopilot during the week, go to work, come home, sit on couch, watch something, make supper, back to couch, you know, like exercise if you can. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. I think that that's what I'll do this afternoon. I'm going to grab, I'm looking up there right now. All of my comics sit about two feet in front of me. And I can read them all from here. And I'm thinking that I might actually pull Final Crisis. I swap comics with Austin about, I don't know, two or three weeks, two or two or three months ago, I should say. It was like January or February or March. I don't know, somewhere in there. Somewhere. And I haven't read Final Crisis yet, but I don't know. I'm feeling a Justice League comic, and I think that's the route I'm going to go. I know what happens in Final Crisis. That might be one of the reasons I I don't pick it up, but I don't know. I'm going to. I think I'm going to. I'm going to go with that or Watchmen. I can always go back to Watchmen. Watchmen is a fascinating comic, and Dr. Manhattan is the most powerful superhero there is period he could fight anyone and win um you know he's uh i could go on and on about watchmen have you guys watched the watchmen show on hbo max if you have not it is equally as good 
as Zack Snyder's Watchmen. But it's a whole other thing. Like, it's not even close, right? Like, they just take the concept from the comic and they use it in that show. And I kind of liked it. Like, I thought it was way different. Like, it's way different from the comic, in a sense. But they added certain elements that, like, tie it to the comics. And, like, the heroes have happened sort of thing, you know? Like, it's over now. It was an interesting concept, and it was one of my favorite shows of that year for sure. Um, and I haven't rewatched it since, and I think I should do that too. Look at me creating an itinerary for myself. That Forbes, just like the magazine Forbes, they just released the top 10 movies of the year. I was going to browse that later. Um, I know that the Batman was on there in the first spot, which... <laughs> Of course, of course, that's why I clicked it because I saw Robert Pattinson's, Bat- Robert Pattinson's Batman. But yeah, no, I'd be curious to see what those top 10 movies were and uh, maybe pick a few out of there. I'm going to be watching quite a few movies in July that I'm like planning to watch anyways. Like I, I talked about them in my last episode, but I'm definitely, we actually, we talked about doing a watch party um, at Austin's for that Ethan Hawke movie, The Black Phone. That would be really cool. Um, I would love to do that. Um, And yeah, like, I'm going to read some comics. I, so Vinyl Days came out. Logic is one of my favorite rappers, uh, Bobby Hall. And he's also one of my favorite authors right now. Um, And I'm, I've dipped into his memoir a little bit. And I've thoroughly enjoyed reading about his life. That's another guy who's come from absolutely nothing. And, uh, you know, even, even a poor scenario, if you will, like abusive family, abusive home, drugs, um, living on the streets. It's a great story. I have one other thing that I love about the new album, Vinyl Days, that I don't necessarily like about Logic's albums usually and it's the features I thought the features were really cool so like each time that he sort of I don't know switches gears on the album there's a famous person that comes on and uh, will talk to Logic as if they're phoning him or something you know like he's always done that in the past on his albums but I really liked um, the features on this album was like, I think Aaron Judge was on there even. That's the thing with a Logic album is there's so many tracks that you can go through the entire album and almost have to re-listen to it a few times to actually understand the order that he's got the songs in. Like, I'm, I almost have OCD when I listen to music because I want to listen to it in order that the artist released the songs. And that's almost how I listen to the... Like, I never really shuffle an album. I don't know about you guys. Like, do you shuffle albums? I don't know if I could. Like, I even think about albums I've been listening to for, like, a couple of years. I still listen to them in the order that they were released. The songs. Like, or the track list. Like, how they are how they are laid out on the album. It makes for a bit of a longer process. But, hey, I got time. I'm driving all the time for my work. Oh, that's what I should talk about. Batman Unburied. Austin recommended um, a Spotify 
a free Spotify audiobook, uh, like a fully casted uh, Batman movie, essentially, but it's an audiobook. And it's called Batman Unburied. And I started it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting uh, to listen to the different voices and listen to an actual voice cast. I've never actually heard that yet on any audiobook. I've just listened to audiobooks where it's like one author throughout and he changes his voice or he, he or she was uh, like sometimes the women will play the female parts or I listen to Harry Potter and oftentimes it's just a male author throughout the whole thing and he just changes his voice to make it sound like Hermione or whatever which is interesting in itself but I'm really enjoying like a casted uh, audiobook and I actually saw the other day that they're doing a full-fledged audiobook um, with a cast of actors too I think Chris Pratt's actually one of them and it's like if audiobooks change over to that where it's like scripted and you have multiple different voice actors that would be like cartoons without the cartoon. You could imagine it. I would like that a lot. I think that Amazon and, uh, yeah, basically Amazon and Audible, they, they're onto something there. Um, I say Amazon because a lot of times these audiobooks are, they're actually linked to Amazon in some form. Like you can, like, that's how you get them is through Amazon. So I, I think it's a smart business choice to have, voice actors actually play the characters because that would make me that would appeal to me more as a listener and it would keep me more engaged hearing multiple different voices sometimes I go into a bit of a zone like I'll zone out on a book or on an audiobook or even music like I'll completely zone out because it's just it's that same tone or it's that same voice the whole time I don't know it's yeah that's uh that's interesting. I hope to hear and see more of that in the future. And I'm looking forward to finishing Batman Unburied as it comes out. What else? What else do I got for you guys today? I think that might be it. You know, I spewed what I had to. I shared what I shared. And you guys listened. So I appreciate anyone who is listening. I hope that you have a good week. I hope that, you know, all of your dreams come true. Maybe one day you'll get your dream job. For me, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. I'm going to continue podcasting. I'm going to continue to work. I'm going to continue to love my two little girls and my fiance. And that's about it. That's it for today. I'll talk to you guys next time. I've been Comic Book Movie Guy. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much. Yeah.